All right, bradcooney.com would like to welcome to the show singer, songwriter, producer, entrepreneur, the man with more titles than me, recording artist Evan Michael Green. What is up, brother? How's it going, man? I appreciate you having me on the show. I appreciate you coming on the show, man. I'm humbled to have you on, man. I read up, I read up about you. I listened to your music. Very impressed. We got a lot to talk about, man. Yeah, man, for sure. All right, so let's get into this, man. You just recently dropped a new EP called Growing Pains. Just touch on that project a little bit. Give give my readers a little bit of a backstory on the project as a whole. So Growing Pains is a is a little bit of a self autobiography um, about my you know trials and tribulations of moving to Los Angeles about two and a half years ago, um, and the adjustments that I had to go through as a not only as an artist. Um, as a businessman, but also as a person on the personal front. Um, and, you know, this was our first project kind of as a collective. Uh, I, I started this record label um, in 2017, and I spent the first two years kind of assembling this team, and, and you know, I put together, um, you know, the best of my boys, and, and, you know, we were really excited to put something out, and this is the first collection of work that we've put out as a complete unit. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of what Growing Pains is, and it documents, you know, through some sarcasm, um, you know, some heartbreak, yeah. uh, but also some serious stuff as well. Um, I think it, it, it captures a good amount of what I can bring to the table as an artist. Yeah, so basically it's, it's, it's an EP of music that's kind of like a book, only it's, only it's audio, it's in the songs. It's All music. right. Yeah, I like that. Exactly. All right, so this single called "Good Chick." I want, I want, I want to know about this song. T- tell the tell the listeners out there what the backstory is on that song. So, "Good Chick" um, is a song that you know, if, if you listen to the album in a sequential way, it comes right after a song that he's pretty much bashing. Um, you know, a situation that he had with a female where um, he was, you know. He thought he was in a relationship and the girl accused him of cheating and, you know, made him feel all bad about it. Then goes to find out that she was cheating the whole entire time. So he, he pretty feels, he feels pretty tapped out. Yeah. Um, but in addition to that, this is kind of his own doing because he decided once he got to LA, he wanted to, you know, play the field and, you know, get involved with some women that he probably should never have gotten involved with in the first place. So this is a self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. Pain that he's going through. So fast forwarding to Good Chick, Good Chick is pretty much a narrative on how he's kind of tapped out. You know, he he describes in the verse. He goes, um, you know, I've been hoeing for too long. I started cussing in my songs. You know, he's he's reflecting on the fact that he got to L.A. and he's kind of making an ass out of himself and he's not acting himself. Um, and then he goes on to say, you know, these females have me tripping. Like, I, I'm not even acting like myself right now. And in his mind, the resolution is, I just need me a good chick. Mm. You know, somebody I share my name with as in, you know, somebody who I can get married to, settle down with, um, who understands where he's coming from as an artist. Um, you know, somebody who's just, you know, this, this symbol of, love and protection that comes with unity and everything else and throughout the song there are some instances where you know EMG is kind of he's a little bit of an airhead you know like he's he means well um 
but he has these moments where he's just, you know, as men, obviously you understand it's like, you know, sometimes we can not think things through yeah. too well. <laughs> that's, an, I, I, that's an understatement, yeah. Right. So the, the narrative of the song is really just about him desiring and describing his ideal female, his ideal female. Yeah. Um, and that's really the main thing. He and and maybe his desires are unrealistic. I mean, he he describes you know somebody who's you know a good chick, but she's also a hood chick because he's like, oh, I want somebody who can you know knows how the game is run and you know can really you know mm-hmm. run with me in this crazy music industry that I'm in and. and on top of that, but she's still loyal and still faithful to me, you know, like Michelle Obama, too cool for you, you know, like she, he's describing all of these things. And, you know, perhaps that's unrealistic, but at least he's putting it out there to the universe, and that's kind of what Good Chick is about, is about um, projecting what we really want as opposed to what we think we want. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, that's that's what Good Chick is. You mentioned, my, Michelle, my... you mentioned Michelle Obama, and it's, it's true that Barack Obama, he, I mean, she made him work hard. Exactly. <laughs> it wasn't no walking, walking apart for him. He had to really win her over. Man, it took him a while. Exactly, and that's yeah. and, and me knowing kind of the backstory of how that went. Yeah. You know, when when they when those two men, not to get off topic, he she did put in the work. She was yeah. like, oh, so you want to be president? Huh? That's that's yeah. a whole other you know, thing. He was just, you know, some some guy. Obviously, he was very educated, but right. that's necessarily not enough to run a country. You know, there right. are a lot of really well-educated people, but that's that's kind of the narrative. He's like, I'm looking for my Michelle Obama that make me, you know, yeah, get me over the top. So yep. that's what my good chick is about. Yeah, that's, that's a good analogy with, with the Obamas. Right. Um, all right, so before I get on to the next couple songs, um, I, you, 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 you. It seems to me like you're deep into lyrics. Do you write all of your lyrics, or do you have anybody help write songs for you, or is it all you? Yeah. So I, uh, for the most part, I would say about ninety percent of the lyrics are mine. I mean, um, within the collective, sometimes for like research situations. For exa- for example, on the song "No Identity," I mentioned. Uh, Celine bag, which mm-hmm. is a, a, a name brand bag. Now, obviously, I have no idea what a Celine bag is, right. but my fiance does. So I'm like, you know, we're in the car, and I'm like, what's a popular bag? Obviously, we think of like Gucci and Prada and stuff like that, sure. but that's not, you know. I was like, what is a non-obvious luxury bag? And you know, sometimes I'll take that inspiration, but for the most part, I'm really writing the songs because to me. Uh, it's important to have a very personal story and tell it in a way that other people can relate to. And unless you've really gone through that situation, it may be hard to accurately tell the story. Yeah. Um, on my future releases, there are more collaborations as I've you know grown as an artist and I'm collaborating with more people. Um, but I'm definitely one of the artists that kind of just really enjoys writing songs. Some artists don't enjoy writing. I, I really love writing, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, I think that really helps uh, my artistry. Yeah, you, you touched on a little bit before about songs people can relate to, and when you were telling me about Good Chick, I think every guy can, can pretty much relate just to be in, like, you, to use your phrase, tapped out. Um, right. You know, it's a good phrase, and um, and then they just want to they just want to just get rid of the, all the commotion and all the all the drama and just kind of settle down and get their feet on the ground and just get a stable a stable chick, you know, right. and kind of grow them up a little bit. 
So yeah, and when you when you can do that, when you can write songs that what people can relate to, that's when you uh, you're onto something. Um, right. So then the single "Nice Voice" and then "Bad Girls." Let's touch on those two. So "Nice Voice," um, you know, if we were to rewind back to 2017, uh, "Nice Voice" is kind of where I was at in my uh, in my life, and <laughs> "Nice Voice" again is a autobiographical song about you know just being kind of a sleaze. You know, I was um, originally had written the song when I was still working a job and I started to describe this character who was just like he is really really good with words uh, particularly with women so you know the song starts off with you know hey pretty girl love your smile like your style what's your sign typical stuff that guys would you know do to whatever and he gets all the way to the point where he's like really involved with these females um, he's you know, making them feel really comfortable and he even goes as far as to say, Hey, you know, I'll say the words you want to hear, I'll touch your soul, I'll make you feel alive and then the chorus resolves to this and this was a very controversial chorus at the time because uh I just literally resolved to saying, Oh, but I'm just a nigga with a nice voice mm. and it made people sick because <laughs> This story has happened so many times, sure. with, particularly with the female audience, where it's like, I thought I had somebody really, really special, and he just turned out to be just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So pretty much, Nice Voice is a story about that he's a con man. I mean, he really sells himself so well and gets exactly what he wants, and then he's just gone. And then, you know, a lot of the feedback from that song was... Uh, you know, I was getting messages hand over foot just about, oh my God, did you really hit the nail on this one by it? <laughs> this is, you know, quite true. And then I found myself in that situation myself, not even purposefully, to right. the point where I was like, oh man, am I this person? Like, you know, sometimes we get so wrapped up in this character that we create that we end up being very similar to that character so I had to take a step back after that song because it got you know a fair amount of you know streams and plays and views and everything and really really evaluate my life Um, but because Nice Voice happened it led me to this you know evolved human being Mm -hmm. which is you know all these songs kind of develop and yeah if you end up singing a song like Nice Voice or being somebody like Nice Voice you're going to end up in the situation one way or the other where you're tapped out and you're kind of, you know, having karma issues from all the people that you've wronged by mm-hmm. being this con man. So all my songs in some way, shape or form kind of connect even throughout different projects. So hmm. that's that's kind of what Nice Voice was about. And it, uh, it's definitely one of the fan favorites and a song that I also do not perform live. <laughs> um, because of the controversy behind it. Wow. Uh, it's it's it, it's 50-50. You either love the song or you hate it so much. So, um, you know, I have to be, when I'm writing out my set list, I have to really be aware of that. But luckily we have other songs. So. <laughs> yeah, a lot of other songs you can do. Um, yeah. What I'm getting from you is you're, you're a storyteller. You're not just a singer and a songwriter. You, you like to tell the tell a story and you, and you mold your songs from first experience from from your own like life and you kind of put that on right. paper and 
Have you ever considered writing a book? Because I get this sense that you should be a, like like write a book someday. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. I, I actually, my mother was a children's book author, and a lot of that comes from a lot of my storytelling comes from her. Ah. Um, you know, she she's sense. a children's book author, and since we were little, she always just tell these really elaborate stories. Yeah. And like, I would learn. I from a very young age, I learned about character development, and that was very. Uh, a very essential piece because it's like okay so here's this character but what are his peripherals what's going on with him why is he acting this way who are his friends what are his interests and then you can create a whole entire because there's context in lyrics I mean there's only so many things you can say in a song to make it you know, you have three and a half minutes to put somebody in a sure. world. So you have to be very selective with your adjectives and very selective with the way that you tell the story. And I, that's why I really enjoy it because it's, it is kind of like writing a very short story in musical form. So, um, I mean, it does interest me to, you know, take the reins and eventually write a book someday when I'm, you know, when I've collected a lot of experiences because obviously in the music industry you have you need so many different characters oh, yeah. so oh, absolutely um you know it's i i enjoyed that probably more than anything else is is writing and then ending up performing in these music videos where i do i am that character for you know three four minutes you know one of the things i read about you that impressed me among many things but the fact that you went to Berkeley College of Music and studied music, I mean, I interview a lot of people, some of them Grammy Award winners that don't go to school for it. Uh, right. I took a music theory class years ago in college, and that's the first time I realized there's a whole lot more to music than I ever thought, you know, once you get in there and start learning theory. But uh, right. you also learn instruments to play uh, multiple instruments as well? Yeah. So from the age of, I would say, about five, um, I, I don't really remember a time in my life when I couldn't play an instrument. Wow. Um, and I started off on piano uh, when I was very young. My brother was a classically trained pianist, um, and he was eight years older than me. So um, my father discovered that I had a relative pitch when I was young because I would just go behind my brother after he practiced and go play back the same thing that he was playing on the piano without even knowing how to play. So... Um, we discovered that I had like a gift um, for hearing music and being able to play it back. Um, but I didn't really harness that, you know, talent until my teen years because I was also playing baseball. I was a, you know, was big on sports and everything else, just like any other normal kid. But um, when I was 14, um, I kind of got thrown into a garage band back in DC, and I was like okay this is kind of cool and then I started playing piano for them and they're like what what is this mm. like it was mm. you know really advanced stuff so when I was 14 I was writing you know full compositions for the band and uh you know this was an older group too they were all you know 18 and over for the most part so I got a good amount of experience on the road um as a teenager playing shows and you know getting to interact with fans and everything like that um and then I transitioned into the saxophone. So I, I started playing saxophone in the, the band, just like everybody else in fifth grade. Um, never really took an interest to it until I was introduced to uh, jazz yeah. in the 11th grade. Yep. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is a whole world. So 
Um, my band director, he threw me first chair um, in the jazz band, and I had never played jazz before. Wow. Um, and then that's when I discovered, that's when I really discovered that I had something because I was playing full-fledged jazz solos within like three weeks of being in that band and I decided okay well this is what I want to do with my life I don't know to what extent but this is what I want to do and we visited Berkeley College of Music for their high school jazz fest um, halfway through my junior year of high school and I was like okay this is what I want to do I want to be around people like me so yeah long story short I I got into Berkeley for saxophone um, and I decided to take my other passion which is business um, and I, I majored in music business with the folks in marketing at that school and I actually put down the saxophone halfway through and I decided uh, when I was 21 that I wanted to start singing um, and then the rest kind of uh, came together after that you know some people are just some people are just born genetically with a gift for music um some people say it's divine. I mean, I mean, depending on what you believe. Um, I mean, I've been playing guitar on and off for 30, 35 years. And I was in a music store, I don't know, maybe two or three months ago. And there was a kid in there. He looked to be about maybe 14. And if I'm lucky enough to live another 30 years, I'll still never be able to play half as good as this 14-year-old kid. <laughs> Um, you know what I mean? So there's people that like me. Like I, I have a little ear for music, but I'm not gifted like some some musicians are. I don't have that natural gift. I have to practice my my butt off to you know to sound halfway good. But then you have people like you, I believe, that are gifted. They're just gifted. You pick up something. I'm not saying you don't have to. I'm not saying you don't work hard. I'm not saying you don't practice, but. There's just certain people that are just gifted with that musical gift, you know, and, I, and I, it always fascinates me. I don't get jealous by it. I'm always fascinated by it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I think as well, like I said, I, I don't really remember a time when I couldn't play or yeah. didn't have, I couldn't hear things, um, you know, and I have a lot of my very vivid memories come have a music Right. Uh, thing attached to it. And I think we get to this point as musicians where it's like you have to make a choice. Are you going to harness this talent or are you just going to be, you know, whatever? And, and um, you know, I was fortunate enough to have some really great teachers in high school that also, you know, noticed I had a talent and then made me work for it because the thing is, you know, talent is only as good as how hard you exercise it. That's and true. Yeah, I was in high school. My band director, he forced me. He said, okay, well, you're, you're as good as you claim to be. You know, you're going to do high school, the uh, Paul State Jazz, and you're going to do the DC Youth Orchestra. Like, I'm going to run you through all these programs and then see if you really want to do this. Because the people that are really, like, serious, they do all these things. Sure. Uh, and, you know, luckily for me, that's when I knew that I really wanted to do this because it was you know I would say the the last part of high school I was practicing like 10 hours a day outside of school just to uh, kind of really learn what my I don't want to say power was but what my talent was and then from there um, you know I knew I I had something so and so did you know my parents because like I was telling you before I was a baseball player Mm -hmm. pretty pretty uh, 
adamantly up until 11th grade. And then I told my dad, I said, hey, can I borrow $2,000 for a saxophone? I, I think, you know, it could turn into something. And he was like, all right, you know, I guess. And I remember that first concert where he played, he was just floored. Yeah. He had never heard him do anything like that before. That's, and that's fantastic. So, yeah. So I don't take it for granted at all. I definitely work myself and... Um, you know, I understand that there are certain people that wish they had um, mm-hmm. these talents, so I, I definitely uh, exercise them every single day. You know, I can tell you don't take it for granted. I can also tell for somebody as young as you are, because you are young compared to me, um, you seem very advanced. You seem beyond your years. And I think some of that comes from... You you've lived. It hasn't all been roses for you. I've read that you have to you slept in your car for six months, yeah, um, just to save money so you can chase your dream out in Los Angeles. Um, so it's not like you know. Even though it sounds like you had really good parents and they were very supportive, but just oh, because yeah. that you know, just because you have great parents doesn't mean it's all silver platter. You know, right. sometimes you have to still experience some trials and tribulations. And it sounds like you've done that. Yeah, I mean, I I think. For me, the biggest thing is understanding the people that you aspire to be have done some things that you probably have never done. Yeah. Um, kind of staying in the middle of the road uh, doesn't give you, it might give you good results, but to get great results, you have to do some extreme things. And I was kind of at an impasse uh, in 2016 because I was living in Boston, I was doing some musical things, and it was cool. You know, like I had some stuff on Facebook that was doing pretty well. And, you know, I reached this point of like, okay, so what are you really trying to do here? Are you trying to be a Facebook cover artist? Are you really trying to be an artist? And what does that take and what does that mean for you? And I was, you know, working normal jobs. I, my first job out of college was I was a door-to-door salesman. So yeah. I was selling Verizon files to, you know, the good old people in Massachusetts. Um, for 10 months and what that taught me was it taught me how to talk to people because when you have to sell to make a living you'll learn how to talk to that's people that's right that's <laughs> right know? so um, you know I did that for 10 months and I discovered I had a talent for you know talking to people so um, between that and my musical talents and my desire to like own businesses and you know bring people together I was like alright Let's come up with a game plan, and the game plan is: you need a lot of money to get to LA. LA isn't cheap. Um, your current overhead right now does not make any sense to save any money, and on top of that, um, you're in a place that doesn't really make sense. Boston is not really a breeding ground for the kind of music that you're trying to do. Right. So you need to come up with a, you know, a six-month plan, a year plan, and then you know the three and five-year plan. And I took a very long time to come up with this plan. And um, I decided, okay, phase one is you need to save money and you need to um, you know, go to L.A. with a good amount of coin. So I decided, okay, well, I'm going to break my lease and I'm going to stay in my car for about six months. Um, and while you're in the car, you're going to drive Uber for about... 10 hours a day, give or take, um, and you're going to raise enough money because your overhead is just gas at this point. Right. Um, and you're going to save up enough money to not only um, 
you know, come to LA with some cash, but pay off your credit cards, get your credit score in a good place so that you can, you know, self-fund yourself when you get to LA. Um, you know, one of the last jobs I had was I was working at Bank of America and my very brief time there, I was there for probably about two months at most. Um, I learned how credit scores work and how, you know, you paying off balances is so important and on-time payments and everything like that. So between the knowledge I learned at Door to Door, Bank of America, and all my musical experiences, I had this epiphany that you should just start your own record label because <laughs> on mm -hmm. the, you know, musical side, yeah, you have friends, you have people that are hungry to work. Um, on the business side, this is an opportunity for you to um, you know, test your business skills and on top of that, you know, it can be a very fulfilling experience at the same time. So that's when I decided I wanted to do that and I was able to come to LA with a significant amount of, not a significant amount, but enough to, you know, not have a job, at least for a few months while right. I got the, the groundwork laid out. So I'm up against another podcast in about four minutes, but before I let you go, I do want to talk, I want you to talk briefly about your production company, 1067, and then right. tell everybody right after that where they can follow you on all your social media, where they can get your music and websites. Okay, of course. So 1067 is a collective of um, musicians, producers, songwriters, um, and other creatives that I've assembled over the last two and a half years. Um, and we, as currently the home to my catalog, um, I do everything indie. Um, and I create really just about creating with my friends. Um, the motto is 10 hours a day, six days a week on the seventh day. We rest is the motto for success. I wish I followed that model more often, yeah. but, um, <laughs> that's essentially what it is. Um, and, uh, we're looking to expand pretty greatly in the next, you know, years to come. And, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Evan Michael Green, Twitter, the only EMG, um, Facebook.com uh, slash Evan Michael Green. I have a website, EvanMichaelGreen.com. Uh, SoundCloud is also Evan Michael Green. Um, everything's pretty, pretty much Evan Michael Green. If you look me up, you can find me. Evan, I really appreciate you doing this show. Um, I'm very impressed by you, really. really. I don't, I'm not just saying that. Uh, you're very, very intelligent. You're very talented. World needs more, you guys, man. Um, you know, the world, world's a crazy place, so we need good, young, talented artists like you putting putting good songs out there. Um, I want you to come back. I uh, want you got some some new stuff you want to you know after you drop it, you want to talk about it. Come on back on the show, all right? For sure, man. I would love to. Okay, Evan. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you joining right. us. Yeah. Take care. Good night.